Chapter 6 Objectification The Loss of Humanity The Root of the Problem The reason the golden haired woman seems so irresistible is because we have placed godlike expectations on her. This is the same reason her gold loses its sheen. We see the woman and become infatuated with her, as if she were divine, only to be sobered later when we discover she has all the limiting factors of being human. She didn't just appear gorgeously out of nowhere, only to return into the fantasy ether. She's not actually madly in love with us, the way it seemed in the photo or in our imagination. And her hair and makeup don't always look perfect in real life. The golden-haired woman is actually a woman, a human being. She has needs, she has hopes, dreams, and ambitions. She has a personality, flaws, quirks, strengths, and weaknesses. She has secrets, vulnerabilities, and hurts. She has insecurities, boundaries, and limitations. She has a soul. A goddess has none of these things, while a daughter, a sister, a wife, and a mother do. A human does. We may think it's a compliment to give a woman godlike status. But what are gods and goddesses? What are idols? Idols are objects. They are lumps of gold or bronze or stone, chiseled and molded into figurines. They are statues. They are legends. But they are certainly not real. They are figments of our imagination. A woman is a her. A goddess is a that. And a that can be easily consumed and discarded. We dehumanize a woman when we ignore or deny the limitations, flaws, and vulnerabilities that make her fully human. Do you want to be attracted to a her or to a that. Which do you think we were designed and created for? One of the biggest things the pornography age has done is separate sexual intimacy from human intimacy, body parts from human beings. This is a separation that goes against the very nature of what makes us human. It's been forced upon us and forced into the way we interact with and desire women and sex. The root of all lust is this objectification and dehumanization, whether in pornography, in an indulgent gaze across the street, or in the fantasy of running off with a flirtatious friend. Every time we lust over a person, we dehumanize that person. We see and covet body parts while ignoring what makes them human. We turn into soul-devouring, soul-crushing, soul-discarding, selfish beasts. Can you think of other sins that take away someone's humanity? Murder, rape, slavery, abuse, and exploitation all come to mind. Not exactly a pleasant grouping. But why are these things wrong? Why do these things go against God's perfect and loving design for his creation? The answer may seem obvious. We are created in God's image with dignity, depth, wholeness, and value. It's who we are. When we murder, rape, abuse, 
enslave and exploit, we discard the innate dignity, depth, wholeness, and value God has given each person. We use or consume someone else for our own selfish gain. The dehumanization in lust follows the same pattern of selfishness, exploitation, and entitlement that these more obviously gruesome acts do. In addition, every time we lust, we condition ourselves to see all women this way. Our neural pathways have been patterned by the porn we grew up on, the cleavage of NFL cheerleaders, the Victoria's Secret fashion show, the promiscuity of pop culture, and the myriad of other lustful stimuli that we've taken in. Our brains will therefore operate in the way they have been trained to operate. These stimuli teach us to see women as something to consume, rather than as someone God has made, with the full spectrum of needs that accompany every human. There is no, quote, on-off switch for this pattern of thinking, as if I can compartmentalize my porn thinking and keep it from invading my real-world thinking. This is a huge problem even if you're single and never plan to be married. You will never be able to be in healthy community with women if your mind is stuck in this pattern of thinking. And I certainly wouldn't want my wife or daughters to be in your line of sight. We cannot merely treat the symptoms of lust and expect to be victorious. We can't put filters on our computers, meet weekly for accountability, and whip ourselves into submission to, quote, bounce our eyes and expect heart change to follow. Footnote. Arterburn Stephen and Stoker Fred with Yorkie Mike, Every Man's Battle, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Waterbook Press 2000, pages 125 through 139. To quote, bounce your eyes is to train yourself to immediately look away from women and lustful images so that your attraction to your wife will increase and be more fulfilling. I found this strategy to be too symptom-based without addressing why I was looking in the first place. This approach also leads to disillusionment and frustration if you do these things and the, quote, the sexual payoff, unquote, promised in every man's battle, pages 138 to 139, never happens for you. Trying to bounce your eyes so you can get a, quote, sexual payoff continues to train us to live in entitlement. End of footnote. Some of these things have their place but none provide lasting solutions when they are our primary strategy. When the infection of lust has invaded our hearts, we no longer see women the way God created us to see them. We are crippled in our pursuit to follow Jesus' plan of lovingly bringing dignity to others. Let's call this infection out for what it is and get to work on healing it with the cure. Daughters like many couples, my wife and I have had up and down seasons at various times in our marriage. There have been times, more often than I'd like to admit, when I fantasized about getting a divorce, and once even seriously considered it, see chapter 10, especially in the early years of our marriage. One common denominator in our marital struggles has been my idolatrously large and thus unmet desire for human affection fueled by my insecurity. Most of the things I've written about so far are things I've been guilty of. 
feeling entitled to my unrealistic godlike expectations for my wife, operating with a, quote, kickback mentality when I show her love, and fantasizing about some other woman being the god my wife can't be for me. In a word, selfishness. Our first child was born in 2011, a girl. As soon as she was born, I was instantly in love with her. Loving her through her toddler years was a breeze. We are best buddies, always laughing, playing games, and cuddling. I pray a lot for my daughter. I pray for her to fall in love with Jesus and put her faith in him. I also can't help but think about the man she may marry someday. The man who will hold her hand at the altar, look into her eyes, and before God, friends and family, including me, make a vow to love her, protect her, and cherish her forever, for better or worse, through thick and thin, through gaining weight, through illness, through flaws, through mood swings, through needs. I then think about what I would want to do to this man if he were to intentionally break this vow he made to my precious daughter. If he were to consciously put his own selfishness in front of his faithfulness to her. If he were to chase after some other woman or some other dream because it was easier for him or made him feel better. Let's just say Galatians 5.12 comes to mind. Footnote. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. End of footnote. My daughter is not going to be the perfect wife. She's human, but she is my precious and beautiful daughter, and she will always be precious and beautiful to me. If she opens herself up to a man, putting herself in the most vulnerable position possible, marriage, trusting him with all of her heart, and he leaves her in the dust because something better comes along, I will lose every ounce of respect for that man. I then look at photos of my wife when she was my daughter's age, playing with her dad, cuddling with him, laughing with him. She looks strikingly similar to our daughter. Blonde hair, pale skin, huge smile. And I think about her dad and how her dad must have cherished her the very same way I cherish my daughter and how her dad still cherishes her the very same way I will cherish my daughter when she's an adult and how if I had left my wife for any number of the selfish reasons I've listed, he would have had every right to pummel me into the ground. And, God forbid, go Galatians 5.12 on me. Why this sharp contrast in perspective? Because a dad doesn't objectify his own daughter. A dad doesn't see his daughter as a means to his own pleasure or as someone who always has to be perfect. He doesn't see her as body parts, as a quest to be conquered, or as the one tasked with showering him with adoration and wholeness. He sees her as a soul. Every woman on this earth is a daughter. Because my wife is a daughter, I must honor and cherish her with the dignity she deserves. The women I'm tempted to lust over are daughters as well. 
daughters of their earthly dads, but even further steeped in dignity and love as daughters of God, the father of all. How does he feel when I look at his uniquely created daughter with lust in my heart? Every woman has the same dignity and value my daughters do, and I need to view them that way. One of the most helpful tools for me when I'm tempted to check a woman out is to pretend like she is my daughter Lexi, all grown up. I actually feel a visceral anger and disgust against lust when I frame it this way, seeing and feeling my response the way God does. When my flesh wants to consume her, I can remind myself of the truth that she is worth so much more than that. When my flesh wants to turn her into an object, a slave, my heart automatically jumps in and says, how can you do that to someone's daughter? If I wouldn't want someone looking at my daughter this way, I'd better not look at this woman that way. Objectification all grown up. Quote, Porn will lead you places you never thought you'd go. Unquote, says Craig Gross and the Triple X Church team as they discuss their experience of helping people out of porn and sex addiction. Gross recalls a time when they were ministering in Amsterdam's red light district, where women are legally sold in storefront windows for sex, and their cab driver told them what they were seeing was nothing. If they wanted to see the real place to get extreme sex for sale, he offered, he could drive them 20 miles outside of the city. At 2 a.m. and in sub-zero cold, Gross and his Triple X church team observed rows of cars on a dead-end street a mile off the freeway. A car would pull up and a male, female, or transvestite prostitute would go into the car to have sex with the tourist. These particular prostitutes didn't have legal papers, so they would sell themselves for half of what it cost in the red light district. There were about 20 carports, like those you'd find at an apartment complex, where drivers would park for their paid sex. Gross described feeling like he was at the gates of hell, with condom wrappers littering the ground and the empty faces of the illegal prostitutes of all ages staring out through the freezing air. The drivers weren't there because they lacked money. Many of the vehicles bore Mercedes-Benz or Jaguar logos. These drivers were coming 20 miles outside of town because there were fewer regulations, and they were able to do whatever they wanted to the prostitutes because they were undocumented and couldn't seek help. Porn will lead you places you never thought you'd go. Why is this? People sometimes use the candy store analogy to justify their porn usage. It's okay to look, as long as you don't touch. Or it's okay to have a little, as long as you don't get carried away. If this theory were true, then how did the tourists in luxury cars end up where they did? Their journey into the extremes of paid sex certainly didn't start in Amsterdam. Where do rapists get their start? Where do most child molesters and the people on the sex offender registry get their start? Where does the mindset that women can be bought and sold as sex slaves come from? It all starts with pornography. Think about it. If people are trained to turn women into objects, why is it so surprising when someone puts that knowledge into practice? If porn has trained your mind to see women as objects, 
isn't the next rational step to act as if they are objects. It's like training a soldier to kill. Sure, dummies and rubber bullets are used in training, but the purpose of the training is to get the body and mind ready for the action of real war. We aren't shocked when soldiers kill enemy soldiers, as it's what they've been trained to do. Porn trains the brain in the same way. It's extremely naive to think one won't eventually touch the candy, then eat the candy, and then want more and more of the candy. When you realize how much our culture celebrates pornography, including Victoria's Secret fashion shows and Sports Illustrated swimsuit editions, the shock we express at these sex crimes is the ultimate cultural hypocrisy. The greatest shame in our culture is to be a child molester. Even other prisoners will beat you up for this. Yet we pump softcore pornography into every checkout aisle and TV station and think of hardcore porn as a natural rite of passage into adulthood. The truth is, many times the girls you see loaded onto your computer screen are the exact same girls who are pimped as sex slaves in an East Asian brothel. They are property, and as with any commodity, their owners want to squeeze the maximum profit out of them. When they aren't selling them to tourists to be raped, they'll put them behind the camera, forcing them to smile at you as if they are loving the attention you're giving them and the time you're spending on their site. You are enriching their pimps and casting your vote for more sex slavery by financing it. Even if the porn site is free, your clicks bring in revenue from advertisers. Sobering, isn't it? Did you know there are more than 4,500,000 sex slaves in the world today? 2 million of which are children. Did you know that the average age of a girl taken into sex slavery in the United States is 13 years old? Did you know human trafficking is the second largest criminal industry in the world behind drug trafficking? Did you know sex slavery rakes in billions of dollars each year with a pimp able to make $150,000 to $200,000 per child that they, quote, own? Did you know a child or woman in sex slavery is raped an average of 25 to 48 times per day, working 12 hours a day, seven days per week. Did you know you support this industry either directly or indirectly every time you look at porn? Did you know no industry can survive without a demand for it? Even if you could guarantee your porn activity wasn't with girls posing against their will in slavery, which would be nearly impossible, you're still creating demand for the product. You're still keeping the business booming. You're still allowing your mind to be contorted to their mode of thinking, that it's okay to buy girls for sex, that it's okay to consume women, a mindset that will inevitably lead you places you never thought you'd go. Footnote, even if you never end up parking your Mercedes in a sex carport in the Netherlands at 2 a.m., 
porn and the mindset of objectifying women will still plague your life and your relationships in a multitude of ways. End of footnote. When women want to be objectified. Defining lust as the dehumanization of a human being can be a pretty convincing argument to avoid it. In many ways, this type of objectification could be labeled, quote, mental rape, something none of us would want to be associated with, and which Jesus condemned. Matthew 5, 27 to 28. But what about the women who want to be objectified? What about when they go along with it? Footnote. It's very important I define what I mean by, quote, objectification here. I do not mean the physical abuse that tragically many women have had to endure at the hands of men. This is the lowest form of being treated as an object. This type of abuse is also seen in strip clubs, where women are treated like absolute trash by men's words, even when physical abuse isn't occurring. No woman wants this type of objectification, and to ever think they do is how rape culture is created. The way I'm using, quote, objectification here is consistent with how it's been used previously in this book. Essentially, that sex is only about body parts. So when a man looks at a woman as only body parts and is attracted to that, he is objectifying her. So in the following paragraphs, I'm referring to the women who seek out and enjoy this type of visual attention and or enjoy this type of casual sex and seek it out. End of footnote. Surely not every woman posing in pornography is doing it against her will. Not all of them are involved in sex trafficking or owned by a pimp. Many elect to go into the sex industry by their own volition. They want you to buy their magazine or visit their strip club. Some crave the attention, others need the money, and for others it's just a necessary part of their gig. Heck, many of these women, especially sensual pop stars and swimsuit models, are A-list Hollywood celebrities. Isn't it okay to objectify someone who is longing for it? Both sides are getting what they want, aren't they? Or what about the girl who is hoping a guy brings her home from the bar? Or your girlfriend, who knows she's just the flavor of the month, but is okay with that? Or the flirtatious young lady you work with who wears the tight tops and short-cut skirts? She must know what she's doing, right? Guys are bound to gaze at her, which is exactly what she has in mind when she meticulously fashions her hair, makeup, and outfit in the morning. The simple fact of the matter is that the lies of Satan cut both ways. While Satan lies to men by telling us it's okay to devour women for our own enjoyment, he lies to women by telling them exploiting their bodies is a valid way to find approval, value, significance, or even a lucrative career. Whether they know it or not, women who intentionally exploit their bodies have bought into Satan's lie that they are worth nothing more than their body parts. The tragedy in this is that body parts age and fade. Why do you think so many, quote, age-defying products are sold to women of all ages so they can try to look 23 again? This lie is why. The lie that value and identity 
are found only in physical appearance. Meanwhile, physical appearance has nothing to do with our souls. In other words, women are told they are nobodies, with nothing of substance to offer the world besides their bodies, and many have bought into this lie. Many have bought in to the point where they'd ardently disagree with me for even claiming this. Some will argue porn or promiscuity empowers women, that it gives them power over men or power over their finances. But being, quote, empowered by a lie is not the kind of power we should be seeking, nor is having a domineering power over the opposite gender, a sword which certainly can cut both ways. Endorsing this sort of empowerment is like praising drug dealing because it earns income for dealers and gives them power over addicted users. Sexual, quote, empowerment through objectification tells women they are unworthy to be accepted as fully human. They instead need to exploit their bodies, the outer shell of who they really are, in order to get ahead, to receive the attention and acceptance already due to them as dignified image bearers of God. In Christ, there's no need to wield this sort of power. There's no need to snatch at this type of validation because Jesus has already paid for us at great price and given us true validation. So even if a woman begs you to objectify her, don't cave in to her confused demand. Do not reinforce the lie she's projecting about herself. Instead, pray for her. Share Christ with her. Do anything but make matters worse by feeding the fiery lie the enemy has convinced her of. Show her she does have value by abstaining from the empty lie she's been deceived into believing about herself. Picture a child who was born into labor slavery. They have no memories outside of being owned, beaten, and forced to do manual labor. Every message ever given to them is that they are property, and outside of this, are worthless. The slave master dies, and you happen to meet this child, now a teenager. Quote, put me to work, he says. Beat me. It's who I am and all I know. Unquote. How do you respond? Well, this example is a little far-fetched, I hope you understand the point. There is no way you would beat that poor child just because he told you to. You would be aghast and would drop the whip immediately. You would plead with him, trying to communicate to him that he is so much more than property. He's so much more than merely an object to be consumed for someone else's gain and pleasure. You would tell him about how much Jesus loves him and longs to adopt him and give him a new identity, about how God created him with dignity and purpose in God's own image. You would pray for him. You would do everything in your power to convince him what he's been taught about himself his entire life is not the way it was meant to be. And if all else failed, and the child persisted in believing a lie about who he is, you still would not cave. You would be sad, and you would leave, but you would not strike him or force him to work. 
you wouldn't further embed the lie he already believed about himself. And what if the child never found another person willing to take up the whip? What would this eventually force the child to understand? What if the demand for pornography and strip clubs suddenly dried up? What if nobody bought the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition anymore? What if skin stopped being the top-selling global commodity because consumers finally stopped reinforcing the lies that models and actresses have been deceived into believing about themselves? What if we treated every girl and woman with dignity and respect for her character, personality, and accomplishments rather than rewarding her for showing off her skin? How would this change the way women think about and advertise themselves? How would it change what they think a man is looking for? How would it change how they dress? How would it change the way they act? How would it change their sense of self-worth? Exactly.